0: Matt Whitaker, former U.S. Acting Attorney General. This is
1: such a great conversation about America, our future, what's gonna save our republic. We have a great football player. Matt Whitaker is here, Matt. They tried to bury me. They didn't realize I was a C. It's a foot
0: Whitaker. Former acting U.S. Attorney General. Under
1: President Trump. I'm going to be an unwavering supporter of law enforcement. Welcome to Liberty and Justice with your host, Matt Whitaker. All right, welcome to Liberty and Justice. I'm your host, Matt Whitaker. Welcome back from Thanksgiving. We took a week off. Uh, I hope all of you did too. But I'm joined on this week's Liberty and Justice show by my good friend Brenna Bird. Brenna, how are you?
0: Oh, doing great. Thanks.
1: Good. So, Brenna is the Attorney General elect in my home state of Iowa, and she is really a good friend and it's a shame that we get to the uh 40, 42nd episode of Liberty and Justice isn't this is the first time I've had you on
0: well I'm just uh, honored to be on and it's uh it's just good to see you again I appreciated yeah. seeing you when you were here during the campaign in Iowa
1: yeah I for some reason I and it's probably because you all didn't need my help you know a lot of, a lot of our friends won by 20 points 10 points I mean obviously your election was a little closer but uh, we won a lot in Iowa, and I focused in you know in, my, in Missouri where I helped. Uh, I guess you're. I don't know if you'll overlap at all as colleagues, but uh, Eric Schmidt, the current Attorney General and future U.S. Senator, helped him a lot. I was out in Nevada and Arizona and crisscrossed the country campaigning. I'm obviously I helped you some. Uh, uh, I, I'd like to claim credit for the the part I did was the part that put you over the top, but. Uh, What's it like to be an attorney general elect? And then let's jump into a little bit of uh, talking about Iowa and campaigning and all that.
0: Yeah, well, Matt, I sure do appreciate your help and and your friendship and everything you did to help us during this tough race. I mean, we went and ran against the longest serving attorney general in U.S. history. Uh, And uh, that's you know, that wasn't an easy thing to take on, but it was important. Uh, We worked hard and and stuck to the issues. And I think because of the strong support of Iowans, of of farmers, of families and of the law enforcement community, uh, we were able to win by by 20,000 votes. And your help was an important part of that. It was a it was a team effort. But, uh, you know, that one uh, will will go down in the history books a little bit, I would say, because uh, it was never a sure thing. We knew it was the right fight. Uh, we knew it was important. We knew we'd work hard, but you don't always know uh, how it's going to end. And it ended well. And I'm so thankful for that opportunity to serve.
1: Well, you are going to be an extraordinary attorney general. I think you have, you know, your whole life has prepared you for this. I mean, you're currently a count, an elected county attorney. Um, you had, you know, you just, you were the governor's uh, attorney. You were, uh, you know, and, and so I just, I think your uh, experience and plus you were also uh, a member of the Whitaker Hagenau and Gustoff law firm for a period of time. Uh, I take great pride in that as well.
0: Well, i got to say key experience. Right. And so all those things, you know, come together and help me to, to bring to Iowa what we're hoping to bring today to serve Iowans.
1: Yeah. So. Our former firm, uh, which is, I guess, now just Hagenau and Gustoff, uh, actually won two elections this cycle. Uh, Bill Gustoff, my former law partner and Brenna's, uh, former colleague at the firm also won his, uh, state house race. And so he will join you at the state capitol come uh, January. And it's, uh, you know, uh, I, I think the one thing you probably learned uh, at the firm was just our work ethic and how hard we worked on behalf of our clients every day, uh, in addition to drinking coffee and talking politics.
0: Well, that's right. I mean, there is no substitute for hard work and that Iowa farm work ethic is exactly what was in that firm that, you know, I, I learned on the farm and that is, is part of what we do here in Iowa is just work hard and get the job done. There's no substitute for that
1: yeah and i know you you had such you know let's talk about your campaign a little bit you had such a um a great team uh you you know it was kind of lean and mean but you you brought on kind of the key people uh and you put the miles in which talk about how important uh you know uh, let's say we have some you know uh, the caucus is coming up and maybe a presidential aspirant might be watching this sometime to learn about Iowa, so talk about just how important it is to put those miles in. You know, we ran across each other many times, including down in Lee County um, when you were. I mean, I think you did two events that night, uh, including uh, was a Mount Pleasant, was the other one, or yeah, yeah,
0: Henry County, Mount Pleasant. Hey, that was a great dinner, Matt. Oh. I
1: missed it. I was invited to go to both. I just since I'm not running for anything. Um, and you know my parents home county is lee county they're originally from keokuk iowa i just felt like i wanted to just spend the whole night in lee county and you know do the whole as you know about lee county do the whole pie auction and uh and sweet corn auction Are they auction i think they auctioned off so much stuff they probably have more money uh, to, than they know what to do with at this point in time.
0: I'll tell you what they spent that money very well to elect right. Republicans because I I am very pleased with our support in Lee County. We yep. had the sheriff down there endorsing us, a Democrat, a good sheriff, a good member of law enforcement. And just that that strong support in Lee County, that's a county that never used to vote for conservative Republicans in the past. And there have been some significant changes there. So, yeah, I just love the campaign trail. And as you know, it's a ninety nine county work ethic that you have to have when you're running for office in Iowa. And that's what we did. And we're in every county. Uh, many times more than once, uh, being accessible, listening to people's concerns, but also just building those relationships and, and letting Iowans ask us the questions that were on their mind. And I think that's really what made the difference, because as I went out and met with people, I could see that the longest serving attorney general in U.S. history that I was running against hadn't been there, uh, or at least hadn't been there since the 80s or 90s. And that was, a, will just say, an advantage to me. It was sad to see but it was an advantage and we worked hard to let all of Iowa know that they they matter to me and that I will work hard for them when I'm elected
1: yeah um I I, I I'm afraid to ask if you made the 99 county commitment to <laughs> do a full grassley <laughs>
0: I love that yes I'll enjoy going back I still have a lot of ice cream and pork tenderloins in and- mm. Uh, best burgers and pie to eat throughout Iowa. So, and, you know, we talked about the two dinners we had on one night. You know, I ate a little bit of both dinners. I will, I'm not sorry to admit. And I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing that 99-county tour every year that I'm in office.
1: Yeah. Well, I have, as you know, no plans to run for office ever again. I have kept the list of the best burgers in Iowa and the best tenderloins in Iowa. And if I do find myself out uh, on the campaign trial ever again, I'm certainly going to use those lists to my benefit.
0: Oh yeah. You can't go wrong.
1: And I'll yeah. compare notes with you to see what you found, uh, especially tenderloins. For some reason, the uh, uh, pork tenderloins are just my like, favorite thing. Um, you know, and, and as you remember at the firm, we would often go to lunch and, and find ourselves at you know some of those kind of places in Des Moines that are uh, notoriously good for their tenderloins. I'd always compare the, the, the list to my dad's list because he, he's obviously much older than me, but he's also much more experienced when it comes to Iowa pork tenderloins.
0: Oh, I love a good tenderloin. And I, I did come up with an innovation this year. It's a, we call it, I call it the Brenna. So it's a pork tenderloin. Okay. okay. That's a fried, pounded out piece of Iowa pork. Absolutely delicious and fried perfectly as we know, Right. Uh, yep. You put a bun on the bottom. I'm going to start from the bottom. You put right. some, some mustard, raw onion, and pickle. That's pretty, okay? How it yep. should be. Tenderloin. Now get ready for it. You I'm add
1: ready.
0: bacon, mm. chili, cheddar cheese, and jalapenos. And then you put the top bun on, and it will be one of the best tenderloins you have
1: ever. Wow. That sounds amazing, but you got to watch out. Sometimes those jalapenos will get you. Those uh, anytime I get into spicy food like that. It, but yeah, no, that that sounds delicious. Um, now remind me, like your home county, home city has like the, a famous burger joint, right? Am I mistaken or my? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm from Dexter. I right. Really- know from out in the country around there I would say I don't live in town but uh that's a town of just under 700 people and we are famous we have a place called the rusty duck and is that the
1: rusty duck I couldn't oh, remember the name
0: it is amazing the one of the best burgers you will ever have in your life they have some great tenderloins too
1: and they make it from all the trimmings on the steaks that they serve at night and so you kind of need to get there early in the lunch because they'll run out of burgers if I remember right
0: they can run the burgers, month. yep. So you want to get there early in the evening to make sure you can yeah. get your burger because he grinds and trims that meat himself. Yeah. Top notch, yeah.
1: Can't wait to get back there. Um, so what, as you got around the state, and I mean, I don't, I just, I'll say, that I don't think there was, I mean, Governor Reynolds works very hard. Uh, and so does Adam, her Lieutenant Governor. But I don't think anybody campaigned this year harder than you did, Brenna. Uh. You know, what, what, um, you know, kind of what were the secrets to sort of the grind as you were out there just every day uh, hammering the campaign trail?
0: Well, the secret is the motivation. And because I am a prosecutor, a county attorney, and I, I work with law enforcement every day, I help crime victims, I prosecute, I keep my county safe. And I also see the threats that come from the Biden administration when they are going too far and not abiding by our laws and constitution. You know, that was the motivation that I needed. And then when you when you put that together with uh, meeting Iowans on the campaign trail that care, and that when I explained what a good attorney general could do and why that was important, uh, they were helpful and excited and, and made it happen. I mean, that motivation, it was a, a cycle that worked. So we had the issues, and then we had the people that that cared about them. And that's what kept me going. Plus, I know as somebody who, who tries cases that the way that you are successful at a trial is by the preparation, by the work before the trial even starts. Mm-hmm. And so that's what a campaign is. You just got to do the work, got to do the preparation. There is no substitute for that.
1: Right. Well, I will, um, you know, I, I know a lot of attorneys general across this country. Um, my friend Marty Jackley just got elected in South Dakota to join you in your incoming uh baby attorneys general class. Uh, my friend Drew Wrigley up in North Dakota has already been in office a little bit, but but I believe he won re-election. I should follow North Dakota politics better, but I'm sure he did. Uh, and so the Raga meetings, uh, the Republican Attorney General Associate attorneys general association are going to be very exciting. And I don't want to uh, breach confidences, but one of my friends that's already a current attorney general asked me about uh some of you newcomers and you know that i travel nationally and just i couldn't brag on you more brenna about uh not only your skill set but your the upside potential as a leader not only in our our home state of iowa but really nationally um why don't you talk a little bit about what an attorney general can do uh nationally for their home state and i I assume you know what I'm asking, otherwise I can ask it differently.
0: (laughs) No, I I hear exactly what you're saying. And our, our nation has gotten to a point where, for example, the Biden administration is no longer following the constitution, the basics. And we all know the constitution is not a Republican document or a Democrat document. It's an American document. It's what we agree to follow as Americans. And that is so important. But when we have an administration that's just running roughshod over the Constitution and ignoring it, the line of defense is your attorney general. Because what I can do when there's a case that I can pursue, I pursue a legal case. I can go to court and I can have a federal judge tell the Biden administration no and make them stop. And that's exactly what happened with the remember the covid vaccine mandate trying to force people to get shots, according to OSHA. That was state AGs who stepped up. And I think during these next couple of years uh, with uh, Biden losing control of the House, we're going to see even more of that. So attorneys general, we are on the front lines of overreach from the federal government. It is so important for our freedoms. And we have a lot of good AGs around around the whole United States, some of which you mentioned. Uh, We can work together and and you'll fight for what's right.
1: Yeah, there's actually some really good attorneys general uh, around this country um that are uh you know fighting really to your point for the constitution for the rule of law um for an executive branch that is contained uh by their constitutional powers and not allowed to take over for the legislative branch you know if you think about that epa uh, versus west virginia case is another prime example i know uh, Iowans care a lot about the waters of the US and whether that's going to kind of spring uh, and start trying to regulate ditches and <laughs> water puddles, um, obviously huge issues for Iowans. And so there's some real, um, you know, the work is never done. And I think you're going to have some real opportunities to um, make sure that the executive branch stays within its constitutional limits. And so that's I mean, that's going to be exciting to watch you do that.
0: Oh, yeah, we've got some big issues, you know, whether it's any of the, the COVID mandates that might come back again, or you know what the EPA is trying to do to agriculture. Uh, they just, they do not respect agriculture and understand what that is. And we cannot have Washington, D.C. regulating agriculture, because Matt, as you know, you know, not everybody knows this about Iowa agriculture, but Iowa farmers literally feed the world, uh, you know, with corn and soybeans, an important protein source, eggs, hogs, Beef, you name it, Uh, we are very important when it comes to agriculture.
1: Yeah, and to your point, I mean, it's not just that we produce those things, we're number one in eggs, Uh, you know, one of the top one or two in pork, one of the top one or two in corn, soybeans. Don't forget ethanol, by the way, which is a big, important issue uh, for Iowa farmers. And also, I I was, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday uh, up in Ames and you know, uh, it's a national security issue as well, um, you know, if the, because remember, when we had energy independence, that's one thing when you can produce, you know, what you need uh, from a, you know, petroleum and, and the like. But when you when you're no longer energy independent and you have to import for every gallon of gasoline you have to import, you could offset that gallon uh, with a gallon of ethanol. I think, you know, it just changes the whole dynamic. And I know that's another area you're going to have to probably spend a lot of time and attention on.
0: Well, that's so important. That's a game changer. And you're right. That's a national security issue. And here in Iowa, uh, we do have a lot of ethanol and biodiesel. So we have an important role to play.
1: Yeah, no doubt. So let's talk about uh, since most of the people that are watching this show, uh, either on CPAC now or listen, watch it on Whitaker.tv or listen anywhere, uh, podcasts are distributed uh, you know, you, what were the, what were the priorities that you ran on uh, and hope to implement now that you're the attorney general elect?
0: Yeah, well, we ran on backing the blue, supporting our law enforcement, which is so important. Our law enforcement are heroes, good people. They deserve to be, be treated that way. Um, that is very important to my office. And that involves a uh, helping crime victims, and also making sure that we are always keeping Iowa safe. There's that thin blue line there that I think people sometimes take for granted, and we really should not. So that is very important. You know, we've talked about how we need to hold the Biden administration accountable. That's a very important priority as well. I will be standing up and doing what's right when it comes to the the Biden administration and their overreach, and we'll see more of that over the next couple of years, I think, um, given their political position. And then also just making sure that we are always serving islands, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, realizing that the government is not supposed to be a bureaucracy that exists for its own sake, but that I ran for attorney general, just like I ran to be a county attorney prosecutor, serve and to do the job. And that always has to come first. The constitution says we the people, not we the government. We always need to remember that the people are in charge in the United States.
1: Yeah, and I want to highlight just one thing. I think you know, having been a prosecutor myself, and under you know, really uh, adopting and accepting that that the victims of crime are so important to the system of justice that we have, you know, I'm, I'm excited and, and very thankful that you're willing, you know, making sure that you know they have a voice and that their rights are protected and defended, and that you know, you because every crime does have a victim, and I think one of the things you see on this whole, uh, you know, woke social justice warrior kind of brand of prosecution, especially on the coast, places like San Francisco, LA, New York, you know, name your major city that is adopted it is, you know, their policies are causing more victims of crime, you know, that this isn't just, you know, more crime. Every time I hear about rising crime, I realize that those policies are creating victims of crimes that didn't have to be if they had just enforced the law or just done their job in the first place and then you know you know obviously the the um discouragement and that's happening to our members of law enforcement not necessarily in Iowa because I think you all are doing a great job uh you know and we obviously respect the men and women of law enforcement uh very much so in Iowa but it's you know in some of these major cities I I think the the law enforcement's being discouraged and when your cases aren't prosecuted you know that directly as a as a county prosecutor, you know, if the police were bringing you cases that they had worked hard to not only arrest these individuals committing crimes, but build the case. Uh, If you're not then taking the case and prosecuting, I mean, that's, that's completely demoralizing.
0: Oh, it is. And you, you know, what you were saying is exactly right, because it's the people that pay the price for the woke prosecution agenda, right? Because we don't know who will be a victim next. Um, That's one of, Well, that's one of the problems of life, right? No one wants to be a victim and they certainly don't ask for it. But when you have prosecutors who don't prosecute, that discourages the law enforcement from doing their job. And I had a a county sheriff that I think said it really well. And he said, the problem that we have uh, with that woke liberal agenda is that they treat the woke liberals, treat law enforcement like they're criminal defendants,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: treat the criminal defendants like they're the victim's. And then the victims are forgotten. And that's exactly what's wrong with that woke agenda. It, uh, it's wrong. It will also, I would say, degrade the moral fabric of our whole society because we really rely on law and order and respect uh, as basic bedrock principles of our country. And we, we need to know that we can't take that for granted anymore. We need to make sure that we have prosecutors all over the country who are actually going to prosecute
1: yeah I think um I couldn't say it better myself you're so right Brenna and um I, in the last couple minutes we have here um you know when uh you're you're being what when, when's your swearing in date I should know this but I don't but when are you being sworn in I can start calling you general
0: well, uh we're it's going to be uh January 3rd the the legal starting term and then we'll probably have some festivities around the time that the the governor also takes office a little bit later in the month, but uh, got a lot of work before we get to January. I can tell you that.
1: All right. Well, I look forward to my invitation to that, those festivities, you know, I love a good festivity.
0: Sounds good. Hey, consider yourself invited. I'll right, even I, the Rusty Duck and Dexter, if that sounds uh, good.
1: I, I will, that's, you know what, I will be there. Um, what, um, you know, as you project forward, um, you know, I assume uh, the Democrats, or if they haven't already, uh, by the time this uh, premieres, uh, that they're going to take away the Iowa caucuses. Republicans are going to continue to be first in the nation. Uh, you know, what 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 happens uh, this in the beginning of 2024 when there's only a one-sided caucus? Um, My sense is that Republicans are strengthened in Iowa by that uh, because we get to flex our muscle and organize and do all the things that we do every four years. And the Democrats are going to have a really struggle because the money is not going to come in for their candidates and they're going to, uh, you know, be increasingly, um, I guess, less powerful. How's that? I was going to say another word, but do you have any sense of that?
0: Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right about that. I think it's it's a benefit to the Republicans who will be engaged in that grassroots organization process, which is good for our party. Um, and then you look at the other side, they're not going to have that. So that's going to hurt them. But when I look at the whole country, though, it's really going to hurt the United States of America not to have both Republicans and Democrats caucusing because Iowa is a state where people of both parties meet with candidates, ask them questions. It's not just a bunch of sound bites on TV or glitzy TV commercials. It's very hands-on and personal. And Iowans on both sides of the aisle, they really put people through their paces. Mm-hmm. And it also lets a candidate that might not be the establishment candidate or a big money candidate or famous get a chance. Um, and we've seen that happen multiple times on On both sides of the caucuses where people have had a chance where the media, the national media, wasn't the one that got to write the narrative for what happened on caucus night. Sometimes they think they know how it's going to go, but Iowans know how it's going to go. So if if we lose uh, the caucuses in that way, I think it will hurt our country. And I just I know the decision isn't final yet. I would just urge the Democrats keep Iowa, keep Iowa first. And if I was going to make an argument to them, I'd say, hey, look how well Barack Obama did in the caucuses. Caucuses were good for the Democrats, too, and they're good for our country.
1: Yeah, it's mostly their, their poor administration of the caucuses uh, last time around. But, um, you know, I would just add, I always explain to my friends around the country when they, they don't understand why Iowa gets to be first. I, I explain to them uh, about the sophisticated electorate, you know, the fact these people show up they show up for multiple candidates they ask their questions uh they listen intently and you know i've the famous quote is uh, you know how do you feel about candidate x and they say well i've only met him three times i haven't decided yet <laughs> i mean it's it's literally it's that um that much hand to hand um and you know i have been involved in many caucus campaigns uh over the years and i just I, there's nothing better it's just such a a great celebration of grassroots politics and uh, and the what's required to actually run the gauntlet to become you know the nominee and, and possibly president of the United States.
0: You're right. And, you know, one of the best things about the caucuses is that the people are in charge. I think mm-hmm. that is, is what you are hitting on there. It's not the media. It's not a, a party structure or anybody based on their rank. Everybody gets one vote as an Iowan. Um, And the people are the ones who are in charge. And that's the secret to the caucuses.
1: Yeah. And you got to show up in person. You got to spend the time uh, at the meeting. You got to help elect your, uh, you know, county convention uh, delegates and your uh, it's just it's a great uh, if you've never done it. I encourage not only our fellow Iowans, but just, you know, people to come to the state and observe it because it's just there's nothing like it in the world. It's such a great uh, and fun experience all right well Brenna Bird, uh attorney general elect for the great state of Iowa has been our guest here on Liberty and Justice thank you Brenna for joining us and uh you know I look forward to seeing you in person very soon maybe at the Rusty Duck
0: hey that sounds good to me I look forward to it
1: all right well thanks for watching Liberty and Justice remember every Friday 7 p.m it premieres on CPAC now otherwise uh, Whitaker.tv is the best place otherwise Anywhere you get your podcast is where you can find us. So thank you again for joining. Us.